Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. I was really pleased to have Luke Vernon join me today on the podcast. What an absolutely inspirational man he is. Uh, He survived a horror traffic accident recently um, and he's still waiting for his license to come back from the DVLA. He shares some amazing insights about that journey. Uh, He's also a YouTuber with over 17,000 subscribers uh, where he says he's an infamous weirdo gay trucker videoing his travels around Europe. He also shares videos of cooking and various other things that he gets up to. So uh, yeah, please do enjoy today's podcast and hope you enjoy it. So I think, yep, yeah, the red light's rolling, and I've just had a lovely lady tell me we're recording. I'm joined today. We're by away. Luke. <laughs> yeah, I'm joined today by Luke Vernon. Uh, Luke, absolutely delighted to have you uh, join me today. Um, I've followed Luke's work for the last two or three years, in reality, um, since I started started my business at Flagship, and I think um, you know Luke's been. I, I initially caught up with you on Twitter. I think I, I was sort of following you on Twitter and some of your work and reading your blogs. Um, and um, it's kind of catapulted from there. I don't, I don't really know because you, you feel omnipresent, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter and and the blog, and then and then you've got quite a popular YouTube channel as well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah so there's, there's lots of stuff. Yeah, Facebook too. So um, absolutely fantastic uh, to have you on on the show today, and I, I really do really do appreciate. It. And you've got some amazing stories to tell. So um, we'll, we'll kick off like a half dozen things. So Luke is, for the listeners, Luke is, if you don't follow him, uh, you should, lorrydriver.com. Uh, I think your Facebook profile is Lorry Driver and so is your YouTube channel. Is that right? Yeah, it's all Lorry. It's all the same. Yeah. And um, you've prepared a half dozen things for us to talk about, which, uh, I, which, which I love and I'm looking forward to speak to those about. So for the listeners, just to give you an idea, uh, truck driving runs in uh, Luke's family. Um, you know, it connects him to, to, to his family from the past loves to travel, uh, loves the freedom of driving, uh, spending his days immersed in, in the radio. I, don't you listen to the Archers? Am I right? I, do, yeah. I remember, I remember <laughs> tweets saying you listen to the Archers, so I'm looking oh, forward uh, to hearing about that. I love and the then, Archers. <laughs> and then also, um, obviously, uh, that it gives gives him time to think. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's some fantastic things for us to talk about. So, Luke, let's start first things first. Tell me a bit about, um, obviously, we're talking about why you love love truck driving, why you love doing it. Talk to me about what how it runs in your family and that kind of thing, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's one of the thing. One thing I put that at the top because I I really liked that fact. I didn't know my granddaddy died years before I was born when my dad was only eighteen. Um. So obviously never met him, but it's quite. It's, I've. It's only over the last eighteen months I've realised this, but it's sort of nice that I've got a connection with him. I do what he did. I do because he did what he did. You know, it's like he's influenced our lives, even though we never met any of his grandchildren. So, um, so yeah, it's been a massive influence. And obviously, he passes end down to dad. And and then to me, I'm lucky. I like so many people um, have parents who do everything they can to keep them away from the transport industry. But once mum and dad realised that like there was nothing they could do to stop me, <laughs> they just got got on with it, basically. Yeah. But yeah. So. so go with dad all the time um all the way through the 80s and 90s and into europe and into 2000s as well 
Amazing, amazing. Did you? I, I think I remember seeing on Twitter your your dad drove for Mansell Davis. Is that right? He still does. Yeah, well, MDS. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's still on the road. Well, that was my last job when I uh, crashed. Was MDS. I'm planning to go back once I finally get the uh, the license back, whenever that might be. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, so that 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 leads me nicely on to ask it asking that question then, Luke. So people who people who follow you on 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 the various channels will will know a lot about this, but potentially some of my audience may not because we tend to get quite a lot of transport managers and and consultants listening to uh, to what we do. So are you able to just tell us a little bit about sort of what's happened over how, how long ago was the accident? Remind me. And and sort okay, of it was um, on February the 29th last year. Which is uh, one that's good because it means there's only an anniversary every four years of the crash. <laughs> but, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was in my car going from here home to my mum's. But the thing is, I so over a decade of my memory was completely wiped out when I woke up in hospital. Lots of it's come back now, thankfully. But I have no recollection. Basically, I lost control crashed into a van and crashed into a fence post um, and needed the uh, air ambulance. Otherwise, like, you know, my parents were actually told that <clears throat> I probably wasn't going to make it because they were f- flying me to Cardiff because they needed a bigger hospital. Um, one thing I was amazed by is the police uh, picked my sister up and drove uh, there under blue light <laughs> so I wouldn't be alone. So I wouldn't die alone. Sounds a bit off. <laughs> I, I I read that in uh, in in one of your blogs. I think that's an amazing thing that they did. I didn't, is, know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know, know. I didn't know that they did that. I know. I didn't know either. Like, and, uh, I worked out with uh, forty five minutes. They took from here. It's normally an hour and a half. <laughs> so wow. So yeah, that was. Uh, I was always second. Although I kept thinking, like, oh, God, I'd love to have been in that car. It must be really exciting. <laughs> Of course, yeah. I was going to say it must have must have been must have been very fast. Must have been very fast. Yeah. So um, obviously, um, so the the accident must have been horrific, and and it's largely likely you don't really remember much about that. But um, so it was. Um, how how long were you in hospital for? How long how long has it taken you to recover? Um, I was in an induced coma for uh, three months while they put me back together, and uh, not three months, three weeks. And despite the fact I couldn't walk, COVID uh, basically had them shove me out of hospital as quick as they could, which was good because I didn't want to be there. Of I left hospital unable to walk and stuff, so I had to teach myself to walk again. Um, yeah. my, stayed in my parents' house. Um, what was the other thing you said? Yeah, so it, it was really what, what what the recovery was like. Do you have a do you have a trachea? No. Did you have a trachea? No. No. Oh no, not that. I've got basically so I um broke my neck. Uh, damaged his shoulder it was dislocated as well but he also had a chip out of it mm-hmm. damaged his arm one of my eyes is still a bit droopy but it was completely closed okay. um, some problems and basically my uh, entire rib cage is metal now so wow yeah well, very, very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely when, when, when that when that time comes the NHS uh, are really incredible I um... they are yeah. I was uh, I was quite lucky. I I've spent a similar time uh, to you uh, on life support uh, when I was younger. I was unlucky. I was, I was quite poorly, and uh, it's just incredible. It's incredible what they do. But it does. Lots um, of people were talking last year, obviously, about the fact that uh, they had relatives or whatever die alone in hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, 
my stay there made me realize that none of them died alone because the nurses care for you so much um not just physically obviously but mentally they're amazing really yeah absolutely it's uh it's, it's incredible what they do each day when you when you when you yeah, when, when you when you spend that time yeah it's um it's just uh it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing and i think that the, the challenge that that you will have now that i know i had when i you know when i was there it was like nearly 20 years ago now um but the impact it has on you mentally as well like the the the, the, the trauma and the stress and everything like that yeah, really exactly. start to start to affect you have you are you, are you happy to you know has, has that has that affected you at all are you happy to speak uh, about that oh uh, yeah i'm good uh, well actually before the accident i was in a bit of a bad place uh probably not full-on depression but i wasn't far off mm-hmm. uh and uh it's fascinating because i and then crash nearly die and uh i've never been happier <laughs> yeah it's basically because it's like when you're faced with the fact you very nearly weren't here and after I spent all that time in hospital, unable to, I couldn't, it was so bad, I couldn't even adjust myself in bed. I had to ring the bell for the nurse to move yeah. me or roll me over, let yeah. alone walk. Um, so now what my view is, like, any day that I can wake up in my own bed and get out of it is a good day. So, yeah, exactly. So it's, exactly. it's been good for that. You just, and, and, and for anyone that's had a long stay in hospital, it's that thing, isn't it, of the four walls and the beeping and the artificial light. And oh, you, you literally, you literally just pray for a blue sky, green, green trees, yeah. and 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 just being able the 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 beauty of just being able to go for a walk. Uh yeah, exactly. out, out, outdoors is just you just yearn for it, don't you? And I, I remember just, you know, and I always try to just try and keep that perspective when things are tough. And you just realize yeah, just- that actually, actually, you know this is amazing. I'm just out and it's fine. And you know, the, the, yeah. the skies, the sky's there and there's fresh air and there's no artificial leaving, light. Leaving hospital. Um, like I did it five minutes ago, but leaving hospital in the wheelchair, being pushed out and seeing dad waiting outside in the car, uh, was uh, one of the best moments of my life. I think. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So yeah, just amazing. brilliant. So, yeah. Cause yeah, you see the beeping and stuff because there's blood transfusions and they kept like stopping and, yeah, I don't know how I slept. And and the machine, the machines don't stop beeping, and then alarms go off. No. And, uh, there's a million different reasons, and most of the alarms go off for no reason whatsoever. So the nurse comes in and just turns them <laughs> off. And it's like, exactly. I don't I I to, um, something. Yeah, I, I watched them, and I ended up doing it myself in the end. If you start doing it, it's like I'm Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, okay, so tell me. Obviously, that's. We're now how far since then? Eighteen months, over eighteen months, 18 months now. Yeah, since, yeah since, since, that, since that incident, and you you are still struggling to get your get your license back. Um, yeah, so is that- basically, I didn't realise this was the case, but a lot of people mentioned it's uh, they're much more serious about this since the uh, Glasgow Binlary incident. Um, they revoked the license based on the fact that I was unconscious when the paramedics arrived. They couldn't like because I don't think I regained consciousness for the three weeks I was in the induced coma then. So, uh, but yeah, that's the reason it was revoked. But theoretically, it should be easy to get it back. Like I sent in my application like earlier this year, and um, just nothing happens. It's been months and months. It was um, something like eleven weeks before I got the first letter, and that was um, saying we're going to have to speak to your doctor. Then a few weeks before, they sent me another letter saying. Can you sign this to authorize us to speak to your doctor? And then uh, 
what was the other one? Oh yeah, you need to do a medical and go and see, uh, like you need a statement from your doctor. And then they send me the same letter again, five weeks later, it's been like eight months, seven, eight months now. And it's absolutely, but what's worse, I don't know if it's worse or it's better, is the fact that I've got, I get overwhelmed with messages from people having the same problems. So yeah. DVLA are a disgrace, <laughs> frankly. It's like, they've just, I tweeted, I put a video the other day, didn't I? They're destroying my life. And I don't mean that in a sort of, uh, I'm not depressed or anything, but um, they are though. My finances are completely imploded. I could have been working seven months by now. I could have got everything back up to date, everything sorted out. Mm -hmm. But it is, I, you can't ever get through on the bloody phone lines. That's just, you never get to speak to anybody. You check every day. And, oh, it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i um i was watching on and and i recommend listeners to have a look at your youtube channel there's and and you're, you're welcome to swear on here by the way that that's okay okay <laughs> uh, but there's some there's some um there's some real profanities <laughs> as, uh, oh, yeah. as, as Luke's, and I, I i jest i jest and i think you jest about it but in reality if you didn't laugh about it uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's actually it's actually horrific, really. And and I'm yeah. you know I'm I'm in a totally different part of the UK to you over in Peterborough, and uh, you know I speak to people all the time. I have you know I know drivers that are waiting for the DVLA to uh, renew uh, licenses and to to deal with illnesses, and uh, it's just absolutely a joke. It's just Madness. absolutely a joke. Well, hopefully there'll be some sort of inquiry because it's time to get noticed now that this is happening. But also it dawned on me that it is sort of madness, the fact that there's one pile. So I send my application in and it might be on top of a granny who goes to the shop once a week in a car. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it should have like different tracks. Like if so, if you rely on it for your work, you should have a fast track, basically. Yeah. I, I, common I, sense, I, really. I, I, absolutely. And particularly particularly we're crying out vocational drivers and, 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 and what have you as, as a country it's it's all it is almost laughable isn't it that essentially yeah, yours is your, your, yours is in with that person yeah. who might only do a thousand miles a, a year just to you know just to the local shops and back yeah. to get their shopping obviously that's important and i'm not i'm not of course yeah, well, I'm, I'm, everybody's uh it's just uh, yeah. Obviously, everybody has should have the has the right to drive, but it's just it's, when your whole life is hinging on it, it's a bit different. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so um, uh, thank you, thank you for sharing that, Luke. And um, with uh, with sort of the second area, you say that the, the second area of why you love being a being a, a lorry driver is the, the solitary side of it. So some people, yeah. some people might struggle with that. What is it you love about being on your own? Um, I always have loved it. It's funny because, uh, you see, like I say, some people would struggle with it. My mum always worries about me because I'm home alone and I keep having to tell her, like, I'm happiest on my own. I'm quite happy sitting in my house on my own because lots of people would imagine that it's quite a miserable existence. But no, I've always loved it. That's why I love the job so much. Um, just sit there on your own, doing your own thing, eating at the level you want it to be. And sounds <laughs> so, um, I just think possibly uh something that you just are isn't it just, some people need to be with somebody and others don't so. yeah yeah absolutely i think uh, that that's certainly something that i think a lot of drivers will resonate with is that i think it, it it's it's great to spend that time on their own and i one of the things that does concern me with with some of the drivers i manage and that kind of thing is it does mean that they get to stew a little bit on stuff <laughs> yeah that's that's a really <laughs> bad problem actually that's 
you've hit a point there. That's a really bad problem because the reason I think often this industry is so awfully negative amongst drivers is because you just have too much time to think about it. So you end up, people end up constructing these old scenarios where they're the hard done by one. and The reality often doesn't actually match up. But. Yeah, I think so, you yeah. can you can kind of over time you can convince yourself of anything, can't you? To an extent, I exactly. Think, yeah. a challenge. <laughs> and the, and the human the human brain is is very um, it's very clever in the stories it tells you. And oh, you yeah, certainly yeah. are, you know, the, the stories you tell yourself. But um, yeah, I think I, th- I think it's great that you know, particularly those that I know love it. They do love the the the, the element of being on their own and not being reliable on anyone else. It's sort of very it's very independent, yeah, exactly. isn't it? which is yeah. uh, which is fantastic okay brill um and what about the third area then so the third area travel the fact you've seen an, enor- an enormous amount and been to more places than most people uh, could fit into 10 lifetimes um yeah, yeah talk talk to me a bit about that where, where have you been and and, and well, over the it? past 18 months i sort of somebody um people do keep saying uh, oh you must miss driving so much you must miss wish you could and it's like i thought about it more and it's like i don't love driving i drive because it allows me to travel. I'm not one of the a driver who loves it. If, if I, somebody offered me another job like traveling, I'd happily take it. But, so yeah, that's, um, but yeah, it's taken me all over the place, uh, Europe wise. I think it's like 20 countries now. Amazing, amazing. Um, but yeah, and that's what the best thing about it I, also is the fact you see countries for what they are. So while most people, you go on holiday, won't ever see the real country they're in because you just don't often when you're a tourist. Like as a lorry driver, you're there living normal life with everybody else, you know. Yeah, I think I, I, I totally resonate with that, Luke. They, um, I went, I, I was fortunate enough to travel to Dubai not long before the pandemic struck, and um, it was a, a belated honeymoon for, for my wife and I. And uh, my wife's sister works for Emirates. And uh, we were able to get out there uh, fairly cost effectively. And uh, Dubai is amazing because there's this facade. There's this facade that's the travel, the travel industry there. And uh, one of the evenings I said to uh, to Neil, who is uh, Sarah's partner, I said, I'd, I'd like to see real Dubai. Where do, where do all these tra- taxi drivers live? Because I'll tell you what, they don't live where we are now <laughs> because it's like 10 pounds for a can of coke or whatever it yeah. is it's just ridiculous so where where do the taxi where are the taxi drivers eating you know what what, what where are they going out so we went sort of back to dubai um and we went to a curry house and um you know it was it was incredible so different so different to what people would normally anticipate and, and like yeah, say, exactly. Europe, europe's largely the same the the, in, the tourist industry is like a facade isn't it for what's really going it is, on yeah and there's so much um below it and it's uh yeah so that's just and then just having a constant moving picture outside like i get to look out window for windows for a living and can't ask much more than that yeah absolutely absolutely what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite place that you've traveled to is there anywhere that sort of sticks out for you nice uh i've enjoyed them all i used um used to enjoy doing greece a lot actually um Mm -hmm. because you drive down to ancona in italy and then you'd be a 24-hour boat um, you often get drivers harping on about the old days when people used to meet up and truck stops were full, but that was sort of a little taste of that because you socialise because there's a lot of other um, British and Irish drivers on the ferry down. And then you go to Harris Truck Stop, which is uh, which is a bit legendary. <laughs> um, 
because obviously in Greece with a different alphabet, um, it can be hard taxing to find places. <laughs> if you go to Harry's truck stop, he'll be taking me your CMRs. He will tell you where everything is. It's, um, oh, amazing. So yeah, it's like a, yeah, I like Greece because it's sort of like the old days, if you like. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, fantastic. I uh, yeah, I like I like going to Greece on holiday. To be fair, it's pretty 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 good. Um, awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. So uh, love traveling. Uh, so the next one is about the the the, the element of freedom. So. Uh, you've put that you you enjoy the variety in the different jobs that you're able to do and this is something that's uh, I, I find particularly I, I enjoy about the sector because it's so far reaching isn't it you can be doing whilst being a driver and uh, having HGVs and and, and and whatever the the different operations are vast aren't they that we can, yes, amazing. can deal with so yeah talk to me a bit more about about those what's uh what, what sort of different jobs have you been doing uh this yeah, so as you say, freedom. The thing I love the most is the fact that you can chop and change jobs so easily. It's even more these days. Like, I won't tolerate um, any shit from offices. Talk to me like an adult, and I'll talk to you like you're an adult. So it's like there's a problem. And I remember one time with, I was at HSF, and this young lad in the office phoned me up to really have a go at me because I didn't text him. And uh, I hadn't been noticing by the end of the day. <laughs> And I finished that Friday in Coventry, loaded up my car and drove to Ireland to start with Virginia. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, it's just the freedom to, be able to do what you want. So you, none of it is actually that hard, is it? Like my dream job, I always say to people as a lorry driver, I'm lucky because like, it's not like it was an actor or astronaut or something. My dream job was driving a lorry, which isn't exactly hard to, obtain but uh yeah yeah freedom amazing amazing i love it and um so what's been what's what's the shittest job that you've had what was the you know what stands out as the as the shittest role that you've had the first uh actually yeah the one uh i worked for nolan's an irish company my dad was there as well but dad left um six months before i left to go and work on agency in london back in the days when you could earn huge money um Huge, huge money because they'd be shift you and stuff. Like it was none of it was illegal, but, and, and none of it was illegal. But um, <laughs> my first shift on agency was, um, I remember it now, in a Volvo FL10 for Iceland with like a little short trailer. And oh my God, they were the worst. It kept trucks in the world. Like they were just, they were all the agency drivers' trucks, basically. The sheds, and they were absolutely wrecks. It's, like, it's funny to think back now, actually, because you think to yourself, I think now, and you think, Vehicles don't like that in this industry don't actually really exist anymore. No. That's a bit of a thing from the past, like seeing old scrappers. Nice. Yeah, God, they were awful. <laughs> <laughs> I learned no, a lot. No, like, no I, one really runs scrap anymore, do they? I suppose it's No, exactly. Uh, well, I suppose it's the emission stuff still kicked in as well, yeah. isn't it, maybe? Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember that. But then I've not. I've, I've enjoyed all my jobs. So, yeah. like, you can always get something from them basically yeah okay so you by by having had a lot of jobs and so my next question is is what what's been what's been your favorite wagon have you oh, got one that stands out <laughs> my favorite well i've got two answers it's my favorite like specific vehicle is the fh16 i had at virginia okay but the best i've um ever driven technologically was a demo um volvo 540 with dual clutch oh nice um, yeah. 
and the dual clutch is ridiculous. It's amazing. Like, um, like I would like a 540, I'd literally give up 200 horsepower for a dual clutch because you have they won't do it on a higher power. But uh, so yeah, that's my um, probably the best I've driven. Yeah, absolutely. So those those that don't know what a dual clutch is. So look, my background was working for Volvo once upon a time, and oh, uh, the the dual the dual clutch is um, essentially. They they only do it in the thirteen liter engine, which is why you can't get yeah. the sixteen and the seven fifty. Um, I don't I don't really understand the mechanics behind that. So just being open and honest. But no, what I, I understand about why I understand about the dual clutch, it goes up to a five forty, which is the maximum output for the thirteen liter, and um, it's it, the the gearbox is just ridiculously smooth, isn't it? It's just it is. it's just next it. next next level. Just pull straight. I took through. it to um. Italy to write a review. I can't remember before it was might have been commercial. Right? I remember um, reading. I remember reading your review on the dual clutch. Oh, yeah. I, read, I read that when I was at Volvo. That must have been about three years ago, three or four years ago. But it blew me away because, like, because obviously being Volvo, it, it had all the gadgets, which often you don't get in. Of course, yeah. You get like a few, but not all of them. And the whole adaptive cruise control, the dual clutch, and the I shift makes. I think you sort of almost feel like you don't need to be there. <laughs> it's just like it literally went up and down the Alps on the limiter um, on cruise control because it slows you down as well, obviously, um, to set speeds and stuff. Like you just set cruise at the bottom of the Alps and it'll go over and you won't really have to touch the pedals. It's bonkers because a lot of people talk about um, how autonomous trucks. Oh, they're never going to come. It can't do this. It can't do that. And I used to think that. And then I drove that truck and I thought, autonomy is a lot closer than we realise, you know? So, yeah, no, they're pretty, uh, they're, well, the adaptive cruise and um, you've also got the dynamic steering that have put on it as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the, um, it's just it's just incredible technology. It is incredible technology. And I think, uh, yeah, you, you, it's more like being a pilot at that point, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. essentially you're, you're just uh keep keeping in control okay I'll going in the electric ones uh, that's really interesting yeah i think um i think electric's going to be we're sort of in, in in quite an i think we're in quite an exciting position where uh, oh, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a huge you know advancement of vehicles over the next 20 years which is just going to be i think it's just going to be mind-blowing and incredible for us to be able to witness really um i think yeah I find it funny how many people are anti-electric though. It's like they uh, like why do you concern yourself so much with what's power is it? Like <laughs> I've never under, I don't understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, yeah, diesel. Yeah, pe people are very attached to combustion engines, aren't they? Yeah, I um I think uh, so my 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 sort of default position on it always I like progress, so I like development, I like I like seeing evolution over time. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because when I look at when I look at what we're going to lose over time, I think, you know, particularly when I look at cars and I look at like old Jaguars and old Ferraris and, and yeah, there's you, know, you just yeah. think like, oh, you're not going to hear that sing. It. You're not going to hear that sing of a, you know, it's, yeah, just, it's emotional, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, I can't wait for my first being electric anyway. It's supposed to be acceleration is bonkers, apparently. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because it just, you know, there's no there's no mm. lag at all, is there? Okay, amazing. So uh tell me a bit about your fifth area, which is spending your days immersed in the radio, music, or audiobooks. 
Oh yeah, that's brilliant. Because like I found out recently, um, I almost certainly suffer from ADHD. <laughs> um, and my brain runs a thousand miles an hour constantly. Like is, there isn't a second of the day that it's not running at a thousand miles an hour, and it's often a bit exhausting. And somebody said on my comment on my YouTube, have you considered you might have ADHD? And at first I thought, that's ridiculous. That's not what we do. And then I mentioned that to a friend and a friend said, you know, you might have a point. <laughs> so, um, and it's good, actually, because I've got lots of like weird traits. R-H-D-H-D, it turns out. So I've got a reason for it. I'm not just being bloody minded. But um, so, yeah, I suck up so much information. I can't necessarily recall it very well, but... I need to be occupied constantly. So it's either like say radio music or audiobooks, especially. I love audiobooks. Oh, or Radio awesome. 4 is fantastic for um yeah, drama okay. and stuff. So okay, loads of questions there and two little time loops. So talk to me about what are your weird traits then from ADHD? Tell me what your weird traits are. <laughs> and then and then I'm gonna ask you more about what you listen to. My um solitary, I think it seems to be um the solitary nature is partly ADHD. Also, I'm really, really crap at getting on with stuff. So, like for instance, I'll write for the magazine. I can have that, I the, what they want for like weeks beforehand, and I'll write it like an hour before they need to need it. That turns out it's an ADHD thing. It's a, a lack of ability to plan. Also, um, yeah, you living relentlessly in the present. So the future doesn't exist, the past is gone. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your four is accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. I just, uh, it's partly why I'm skin. <laughs> I never, um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's never anything for somebody who suffers ADHD. There is never anything apart from the minute you're in. Okay. Which that's one thing that I was pleased it explained for me because I've thought that way a long time. Like, I don't look forward to stuff. Like, okay. it just happens. Like, it happens to stuff like that. Yeah. I, but like, on a similar vein, I don't actually miss anything either because, like, it's done. I'll, I see. I see. Yeah, no, fascinating. I think, um, well, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine uh, what it'd be like. So I have this issue where I always live in the future, which is kind of like the opposite. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I have this challenge of struggling to be present in what I'm doing, and I always think about oh, wow. what's coming later and what's coming later in the day and and that kind of thing. But I guess that I'm always optimistic. Uh, which means you know I'm always going to be positive. But I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I struggle to stay in the now i think that's that's oh, one wow, of my challenges which mm. is kind of kind of the opposite isn't it i guess but yeah, i don't dwell, really i don't so, dwell, yeah. i don't dwell on the past though either uh, the, no, the, the past, past is gone the no past point. is gone so i think there's people that do live in the past though particularly oh, particularly many, a lot of the time when they drive wagons too <laughs> yeah I was, you know, um i actually because a lot of these old boys live in the past but i actually feel sorry for them because like they're clearly harking back to a days when they were much happier you know things they've done um because i've come to the realization i don't think certain things i don't think you can have any influence over 
you know so your outlook in that respect is possibly one like it's just what you are yeah there's nothing yeah, to change absolutely. about it like there's nothing i could change about my mentality much as i might want to but. yeah no i totally I, t- I totally get that i think that there's so much involved in in just the makeup of how you are isn't there i think uh, yeah there's, cer- there's certain certain traits you can change but if that's if that's how yeah. you are live, living in the present and enjoying the now that's you know that's that's how it's going to be and you're going to have to work really hard to try and fight that or you just embrace it and deal with it i guess is yeah exactly is the other option okay cool so uh obviously you like listening to audio books and, and and the radio you said radio four what what's your top top audio books for for drivers um one i always like because he reads them himself is um any michael palin ones travel oh, ones okay. um, yeah they're really good uh but then also because i have all these weird Oh, that was the obsessions. That's the thing that caused my friend to realize, like, I probably had ADHD because I have obsessions. I'm either absolutely, totally, completely obsessed with something or I'm not interested at all. There's nothing in between. And my friend, like, uh, finds it exasperating sometimes when I latch onto a new thing. Um, but yeah, where was I going with that? See, I've lost my mind. You were going to tell me about books other than Michael Palin that you like. Oh, I see. Yeah. So um, I like a lot of history books and stuff like that. Learning. So I have the obsessions, like my, some of my weird obsessions is I'm a bit obsessed with the Balkans. Don't ask me why. It's a fascinating area. Um, But yeah, mostly it's uh, places, a lot of books about places and I love history as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds, uh, that, that, that sounds really good. And what sort of, what sort of music do you listen to? Um, well, David Bowie is a big love. <laughs> love that. Um, I, that's he's probably my biggest obsession. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very wide. I don't really um, have any specific genre. Like, I just like basically yeah. uh, six music is the best music station. Listen to that for an hour, and you sort of get what I like. <laughs> I've never, I've, I've never listened to Radio Six. I wouldn't even know what to expect if I put it on. Oh, you should. It's fantastic. I love an audio book too. I love a podcast as well. I love a podcast. Do you listen to any podcasts? I don't actually. I don't know why I haven't ever listened. I used to when they first came about. I remember years ago. I had to download Mm. them in iTunes. Yeah. Um, Because I obviously back then going abroad didn't have internet, so I'd have to download them while I was in the UK, going through the UK. So I had yeah, lots pre- to listen to on my trips. But, uh... Pre-download them, yeah. So I love um, I love podcasts. I listen to I listen to like business podcasts. Rob Moore is a good one. I tell you who I really really like is uh, Stephen Bartlett. I don't know if you'd have heard of Stephen Bartlett. Your name any, rings a bell. Anyone listening? He is. Um, so he he's just about to become the youngest dragon on Dragons Den. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got he's got a, got a podcast called Diary of a CEO, and he's written a book called Happy Sexy Millionaire, which is incredible about men's. A lot of it's about men's health, men's mental health, and that drive to be that drive to be like rich and famous, and you're going to be happy when you're rich and famous, and how the whole world and Instagram is telling you that when you're when you're famous and rich and happy. Then everything's going to be okay, and actually that's bullshit. Not really real. I think. Uh... <laughs> so, I think we're going to head for, um, it's going to be fascinating because going into the future, because a lot of people, young people, might often have massive audiences, but they've got, an, I've, 
think they're going to find the whole aging thing quite difficult in some ways because often a lot of the time if they people follow you because you're hot or whatever like, it's all going to fall off the cliff pretty rapidly yeah. so then i don't know like how it's been interesting to see how people cope with that uh, yeah no and and actually that's that's absolutely do you know what it it's fascinating that you mentioned that because i i thought that about you know back in the day when i was growing up the way the way that women got guys to look at them when they were hot or what have you would be they'd work as like models or there was no instagram there was no facebook yeah. there was no no followers or anything like that like people if people wanted to go and look at women they'd probably go to the local strip club <laughs> or whatever right but yeah those those women who work in the strip club probably had a shelf life and i know this sounds like and i don't genuinely mean this with the utmost respect but essentially <laughs> there's there's a shelf life right it's a bit like course, a career yeah, as, it's like a career as a footballer you know mid yeah. mid mid 30s that's it you know you're, you're done exactly, as a footballer. Yeah. um i'm probably going to get massively shut down for this but and uh, the thing with Instagram, the thing with Instagram and stuff is it's much the same, isn't it? You know, if people are hev- so heavily reliant on the way they look, mm. you know, once you hit your mid thirties onwards, it's just downward. I was saying to a friend the other day, cause I love the on- online world and everything. I'm upset. That's another obsession. But I was saying to a friend the other day, um, what was I saying? My vine's gone blank then. It's okay. You're saying to your friend. <laughs> that's something that's happened. That's something that's happened since the accident. I just my mind just stops working every now and again for a few seconds. Um, of course, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Talk, that's tell right. me a little bit. Whilst you're talking about online, just just sort of to digress a little bit. What? How have you built? You've built quite a following over time, Luke. How long yeah. have you been doing that? And what's what's your purpose behind it? What what drives you to do that? Because you put time time and effort into it. Like what? Oh yeah, thirteen what, years what, I've been doing it. Now. Um, 13 years. What it was, how it started was my first video, Sweden. I've always made little video clips um, to show friends and family. Like it was my way, my sort of photographs of places I go and stuff. And I was going to Sweden in Christmas week uh, one year, well, the first year. And I thought, well, I could just pop it on YouTube, put it all together, pop it on YouTube. And um, that was that, basically. And slowly built up from there. Um, Because I was arguably well I was one of the first but some people think I was the first to do that um, but I think there's probably somebody doing it but uh, yeah the motivation is like because I just want to point it's, it's a good job like portray it in a good light it's, it's like I know it's very negative at the moment but if you want to um, like the job you can like the job and I just want to show basically a side of the industry and stuff that most or even just society that most people don't realize yeah, of, course. of course and, and, and it's great insights from it as well do you enjoy do you enjoy writing as well as filming because oh, yeah, I, I first i first picked up I, I, i've never really been a big youtube watcher um I'm not I, picked up, I picked up from you <laughs> i picked up from your blog um yeah. originally like through twitter that you'd share articles and things that were interesting so yeah. do, you, do you enjoy writing more than doing videos or, or either uh probably about the same i think mm-hmm. okay because one of the things i love about the videos my favorite videos are the top tips ones like uh teaching people and stuff because that's like i love that because then i regularly get messages um from people saying how much i've helped and stuff and that means the world you know it's... yeah absolutely because so, that did... was it that was one of the reasons i started the top tips was when i first started driving trucks i was pretty much on the phone to my dad several times a day 
asking for advice. And then I thought to myself, a lot of people aren't going to have that. They don't have a dad to ring in the industry or whatever. So I decided to pitch myself as everybody's father. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, bit, like be there to answer questions because a lot of uh, young drivers, there's, there's a very anti-young attitude in this industry. All the old boys just bitch and moan about young drivers. Ink isn't driving your license and all that bullshit. But um, uh, yeah, oh, my mind's gone blank. It's okay. It's okay. I think I, I, well, I, was, I, yeah. so I was trying. I want to do like for a young drivers who are just coming into the industry. They won't have a dad, but they also often you, they f- would feel stupid. Like you're going in, it takes a lot of nerve to go into a room with a load, load of very experienced drivers, you know, when you're a young lad. So I just wanted to be able to teach them and answer their questions. Like they often think is stupid and would be embarrassed to ask, but they aren't, they can ask me. So. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's fantastic that you've offered that accessibility to drivers because you know my experience it's very it's a very challenging industry for young people is, to come yeah. into absolutely very very challenging yeah. and um I, I suppose i suppose the purpose of the podcast is a similar thing but for i tend to gear towards more more towards transport managers, managers because mm. yeah you know transport managers as anyone will tell you you pass the exam uh, but you are, it's like your license you you pass the exam and then yeah, exactly. you start you start learning after but there's this expectation that you know everything same with driving you know you mm. can go you, you know i speak to young drivers all the time who have passed their license but have not not the first understanding of driving hours and working time and tachographs because it's not part of the, yeah. it's not part of the test you know exactly, and it's yeah. much much the same with with transport managers and you know it's one thing passing the exam I did a random, you, you know, you said top tips. I did, I, I got some amazing feedback that just, it just filled me up and was like, that's, that's why I do this. I spoke to someone the other day. I, I just randomly, I was like, I, you know, in the Facebook, in the Facebook groups, you see people having a bitch and a moan about stuff. Yeah. And you, sometimes you see like these common threads. And I just saw, I saw these common threads. People were moaning that as, as transport managers, that people weren't listening to them whether it be the business owners or whether it be the drivers yeah. or, or whoever it may be, but the people weren't listening to them. And I was like, well, that's an influence issue. For whatever reason, you're yeah. struggling to get people to understand what you're trying to tell them. So I did a six six tips on building influence and I got inundated with messages about how useful that was. They hadn't even thought that I needed that. Um, you know, and it was just about listening to it. Essentially, it was just, you know, to me, it just sounds like quite basic, like, I'm telling people to to listen to others, to empathise with them, understand what they're doing, you know, all the sort of stuff that, you know, sometimes people think is quite basic, but actually, you know, it, it can be helpful, can't it, when you're a listening ear or trying to be helpful. Exactly. Rather, rather than just shooting people down all the time. I think that's... Uh, yeah, that's because that's negative. my pet. That's one of my massive pet hates, like I said, the shooting dry, young drivers down constantly. Um, it's like these old bollocks don't have the... Uh, any idea of the impact that can have on a young driver when you talk down to them like that? It's anyway. Let's not get angry. No, no, no. no <laughs> yes, a lot of the attitude really gets on my tits. Yeah. Have you um, have you have you experienced it firsthand as well? Have you and and particularly you know with um, sort of as as you've sort of grown up in the industry, have you have you experienced negative attitudes to to yourself and, and the way you are as well? Uh, yeah. 
is um, surprisingly little actually. But then I think that's might be partly because I'm just quite um, um, full of myself. <laughs> no, I was going to say something brash. I suppose it's because it's like, yeah, I don't really get affected by stuff like that. It's yeah. like with the uh, on YouTube. Uh, I get one of the, the only people that criticise me, and they do it on Trucknet as well and YouTube. Uh, calling me attention, attention seeker and stuff, and trying to have a go at me, and I turned around because I thought about it once, and I thought, but I am like, like you're not. That shouldn't be an insult. You start owning that as like attention seeking. Like if you stopped attention seekers, you, the world would be very boring. Like your TV would go quiet, your cinema would go quiet, your music would stop playing. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things. That, uh, Absolutely right. There'd be no arts. There'd be no arts yeah, exactly. without, without you know people comfortable with attention. I think it's, it's just it's just new for people, you know, in certain sectors. I suppose to have people who are open to being, you know. Yeah. yeah every occasionally people have a go at me as being like full of myself and stuff and thinking oh, I know it all, which is ridiculous, really, because like I say, just ridiculous. <laughs> um, Oh, I've gone blank again. It's fine. It's fine. I was going to tell people your YouTube handle. I, lo- I, I love your YouTube handle. How do you doodle? My name is Luke. Am I, how do I pronounce <laughs> this? Consiglier? Consiglier? Oh, Consiglier. Con- I can't even pronounce it. Consiglieri. Um, Consiglieri is, is like Bertie. I'm an infamous weirdo gay trucker video of my travels around Europe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, like people try and have a go. Um, well, that's what I was going to say uh, on track now, but I'm lucky. I've had very little overall, yeah. really. Good. But Good. then I stopped to think a little while ago. And it's like, why are you having a go at somebody who only like likes entertaining people as if that's a bad thing? So yeah. like, I, that's what makes me happy. I just like making stuff that people enjoy. Yeah. And I think, well, I think and the other thing is, so bad about that. It, and it doesn't well, the thing is is and and in my opinion what i can tell is it doesn't come it doesn't come from a place of self promotion it comes from a place of wanting to help other people and you enjoy doing it, yeah, exactly. you, do it. you know and that that's something different isn't it than going I, I need attention that's totally totally different thing it's a bit like people if they would say about the podcast this comes from a place of I, I enjoy helping people and I love chatting. I love chatting. Yeah, I, I love chatting random shit to people, new people all the time. <laughs> and it gives me, gives me a, a good reason to do it. Okay. Brill. So just finally, um, the, your sixth, uh, and half dozen thing is time to think your mind runs constantly at breakneck speed and oh, driving yes, gives you the freedom to think and often spend all day, not listening to anything and just, just thinking. So, um, you, you, we kind of covered that, I suppose, because, uh, You've already said that you you like to just yeah sit and think. But those uh, they were some of my favourite days when I've been driving like France, especially because driving in France is a dream because like there's just no traffic. But um, mm. yeah, then that's like a dream day for me. Just ride riding through France. Maybe you start in Reims because you can get from Holyhead to Reims and then go from Reims down if you're going to Italy. Um, just sit there in silence, especially when the sun's out and thinking that's brilliant <laughs> beautiful beautiful okay cool finally tell me about Bertie what what, what is Bertie, Bertie. <laughs> what, what, why Bertie um Bertie completely by chance that was uh 
So I lived in a lorry full time for over a decade. And my dad, when he worked for the same company, uh, would often meet me with my post because I used my parents' address. And I saw him on Amazon once. And uh, I thought, because I've always loved Lego ever since I was a kid, like my most kids. Uh, so dad brought me him one day with my post. There's your Lego head. And like the intention was just to like use it as storage and stuff. Uh, but I was filming a video at the same time. And I plonked him on the dash just to stay there. And that was that then. Because <laughs> I've always like been one of those idiots that like does stupid voices for things. And that's where it began. <laughs> Love that. Completely Love by it. chance. No, it was planned. Do you, do you chat about it? <laughs> um, I'm not to say yes. No. <laughs> but, uh, it's, he's been fantastic. Overall, he's been fantastic because he's... Uh, the complete opposite of me, if you like. It's weird, like talking. You see me talking about him as if he's real now, but um, characters do become real, don't they? Because I get people asking all the time, "How's Bertie?" Or they'll say something about pork chops and stuff. You'd be amazed how many people like actually greet me and Bertie, um, which is amazing. nice, really. Yeah, no, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Luke. I really appreciate you taking some time out to chat to me. It's been uh, it's been really really great. So thank yeah, you very it's been much. Really I think uh, I've got one 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 final question, which I think is sort of quite poignant with uh, the conversation we have had, and and that is what can we do? What can we do as an industry to improve prospects for young people and the desire from young people to come and join us? Because that's something we're both quite passionate about. Yeah. Um... It's sort of difficult. There's sort of not really one answer, is there? Um, a lot of drivers now seem to think they solve the uh, driver choice by getting rid of the driver CPC. When I think that is the exact opposite of what we need to do, it needs to be made a lot, hard, well, not a lot harder, but harder. It needs to be tested. That is one way I think you'll get people more into the industry is if you start making it and recognizing it as like a proper trade, like a plumber or a build a, a truck driver you know and i know it's not like there's technical but do apprenticeships cpc stuff like that like mm -hmm. start pitching it like currently it's a job that most people don't want because we also need to move away from most of society mostly because the drivers who do it are the loudest um seem to think driving a lorry involves being away all week and sleeping in a lorry when in reality now i probably think more drivers don't sleep in a lorry than do. Tramping mm. is probably a minority. So we need to like show that actually you can have a perfectly good home life and drive a lorry. Like I've had periods like that. I lived in Bristol and I worked for a subby doing Tesco work. And most of that was like eight to 12 hours a day. And so that's, yeah, it needs to be shown as a professional, most proper profession and a job that can fit in your life, you know? Yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right. I think what we don't do very well is that there's this perception that we have, you know, everyone drives a refrigerated Arctic up and down the motorway for hours on yeah. end and spends all week away. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that, that isn't the gig, you know. Like you say, no. a large majority, large majority of drivers work for builders merchants on school hours or... Um, you know they 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 do skip you know skip wagons um, yeah exactly you know you know there's so much i know they're they're both sort of particularly class two work but um nonetheless you know a lot of there's a vast majority of work out there for people who um 
you know, want, want to get out and about and see the UK, but, um, you know, can, can yeah. uh, really add value to the economy whilst they do it. But, and there's such a varied, I think this is the, the, the thing I love about it is it's such an in-demand sector that, yeah. you know, there's so much variety for people. There's so, so many good opportunities for people to develop and try their, try their hand at different things. Um, that uh, it's 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 really a shame that we can't get more people in. But you exactly, are you are, yeah. you are you are you are right. I think um, there there is a there is a lot of people who want to scrap the CPC uh, and bring back bring back the old boys who have let uh, their CPC expire for whatever reason mm. they may have let their CPC expire. But do, is that is that what we want? Is that what we want long term? Exactly. I'm not. I, I say that rhetorically. Is that is that a long term solution? You know, currently the average. That... Sorry. No, I was just going to say the, the average the average age at the moment is what fifty five, and I think if that yeah. if that was to occur, that's potentially going to put that even push that even higher. And I understand, I understand. I know that I'm a young person, and I'm I have grown up in a world where people are CPD'd uh, to in in every profession. You know, whether you're an accountant, a lawyer, a, a driver, um, you know, wh- whatever you do, you know, school teachers have to take their regular CPD. You know, every job has that, so that's the world. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, yeah, another my point. Like the, the thing is, they these drivers basically what they're arguing for is being able to pass your test at eighteen, and then spend the rest of your life without ever any more education which is like unheard of even every, everybody has ongoing training like exactly. down to shop staff in the supermarket and stuff exactly um, exactly the, the the whole the, merchandising a shop has changed hugely yeah. in the last 30 years hasn't it you know but, uh, you, you wouldn't have done that the same thing but yeah oh yeah there's one like one thing i say which um upsets some people is like if uh you're talking about drivers in their 40s or 50s if they've walked away from the industry because they weren't doing hours training per year we're better off without them <laughs> you know there's people who refuse to learn or think they know best is uh, not a good thing and if that's yeah. the way they're going to be then yeah so although that's another thing another thing that dawned on me the other day was the fact that um you get all these old boys saying i've been driving for 35 years no you can't teach me anything it's like i was going to do a video of this actually it's like Okay, well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and pass on your knowledge? Train, become a trainer. Because I do want to become a trainer myself in the end. But pass it on. If you want drivers to, um, young lads to think the way you do, teach them and they well, will. Yeah, Let's yeah. hope some of them don't because like, they're assholes. But <laughs> <laughs> not the assholes, the nice guys. Yeah. The, nice guy, the nice guys can. We'll, we'll count the assholes out for that. But you know, uh, yeah, they just need to put their money where their mouth is and do it. Like because as it is, it's not really fit for purpose. It's a bit ramshackle, and it could be much better. It could be really, really make it worthwhile having or doing, and mm-hmm. that's it. And and and, and I hear I hear you there as well. Because there will be people listening to this going, "Oh, total BS." They're chatting, "Total BS." The CPC is <laughs> crap. It's not worthwhile. Well, actually, there was a significant change in the last year, which is you're no longer allowed to retake. You're no longer allowed to retake modules, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a, a major step forward uh, in, yeah. in in making making the qualification more more respectable. And uh, yeah, I think you know, like my biggest challenge, my biggest challenge with it as as a, a comp, you know, we we are a company that do, that carry out training. Uh, my biggest challenge with it is is seven hours of anyone's time in a classroom is far too long. You you know you can't even get school children in a classroom for seven hours. No. Um. Let alone let alone guys who who 
who have want you know if you want to drive a wagon for, for for your profession the last thing you want to do is sit in a classroom for seven hours and mm. i think i think we need to rev- that that's what needs reviewing training training yeah. should be like three hours four hours at a time uh a mixture of practical not death by powerpoint it needs to be hands-on uh interactive and worthwhile and valuable uh, and I think I think it'd be more widely embraced at that point. I think uh, wh- whoever decided a seven-hour day is a CPC course is I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's my biggest issue with it because no one wants to sit doing that no, for seven hours. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I do really want to start taking them because I think they could actually even though it's so make them quite entertaining in the long run if you um, really put your mind to it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, there, there is a great opportunity. And um, yeah, we, uh, we, we certainly, we certainly love doing our, doing our thing, thing training. We, we, one of the things we've done is we've, we, we tend to do like three and a half hour sessions instead. Mm-hmm. And we tend to do two, three and a half hour sessions and we do them on something totally different. So one is normally, uh, we normally try and do something really interesting alongside something that's maybe a bit more technical. So you've only ever yeah. got to do a bit of half a day of technical, and then half a day is a bit more, bit more relaxed and uh, and potentially a bit more. You know, you can have a bit more group activity, which is a bit more entertaining. Anyway, I digress. Luke, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining. Great, me. I really enjoyed it. I've I've really enjoyed chatting to you. So thank you very much. And uh, if people do want to follow your uh, you, you on different channels, what's the best way to to find you? Is it lorrydriver.com and then and then find the channels from there. Well, actually, the best way to find everything now is um, my Linktree. So um, linktree.com and lorry uh, forward slash lorrydriver.com or one word. Amazing. Um, I didn't even know oh, that there's such a thing as Linktree. I'll have to go check oh, it out. Brilliant. Linktree is brilliant because it's got all your links on the one page or just lorry-driver.com. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Luke, thank you for joining me. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed it, please do share it. And uh, yeah, see you all again soon. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.